0: All right. Um, if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Peter 1. We're doing another one of these little challenges. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Grab the, your sheet. It should have the the text on it. But uh, we are going to talk today uh, what I'm calling step-by-step step, uh, building a fruitful faith. And this will really help you as not only in your relationship with God, but your relationship with others as well. Second Peter is in the back of your Bible. If I can find it. Here. Um, in good shape. Here we go. I love this little passage, and I hope it's as encouraging to you as it is to me. Grab, uh, grab as much snacks as you want. By the way, those brownies are to die for. And uh, so I would highly encourage you to, t- to partake. Um, so uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to cover through the beginning of this, and then on the back I have some additional stuff. Don't look at that quite yet. We'll get there um, as, as we walk through this. Some of this is taken from a study, um, and I I cite at the bottom of the book there, uh, Essential Virtues by Jim Berg did did an excellent work on some of this passage, and I used some of his material today. Um, Let's read through this passage together, and um, we're going to do our three-step process, just in case, by by way of review. Our three-step process that we had um, is uh, observation, uh, interpretation, an application, and uh, what this means is uh, what it says, what it uh, means, and means to me. And the reason I, I kind of, the reason I wanted to kind of mention these three steps, and you do them in that order. Whenever we look at the Bible, we want to study the Bible for ourselves. I'm convinced that if you're going to grow as a Christian, if you are a Christian and you want to study God's word and grow, which you should. Then the only way you're really going to do that is if you actually take time to to, to study. What often I, I find students and college students doing is they'll say, "I gotta, I gotta know what God wants me to do today." So they do this: they open their Bible and they do one of these things. Um, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven, is in great? For the same way they persecute the prophets who're before you. All right, good. I'm ready to go, and that's their verse for the day. Um, I knew a guy who once, I heard about a guy who once said he uh, his 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 Bible verse was like. Luke nineteen thirty something nineteen thirty six because uh, the verse let me get there, um, and he was an older guy and he said, "Ta ta ta," Luke nineteen thirty four because he was born in nineteen thirty four, and so that was his verse. And the verse was actually, "The Lord has need of him," and he was like, "That's a really good verse for me." Of course, in the verse he's talking about donkey, so kind of kind of miss the context there. The point I'm saying is if you're going to if, I thought it's kinda of funny. If you're going to understand God's word, what you can't just pull stuff out and say this is mine. You need to understand what's going on. So we need to say, okay, what is this actually saying? What does it mean? And then what can it mean to me? Okay, that's kind of where what these three are saying. So we're gonna start with this very first thing. We're gonna list some of these things and work through some of this stuff. Okay, let's read through the beginning. Who wants to read those first four verses? I'm gonna ask for three volunteers and uh, you'll read through here. Yes, ma'am.
1: Bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as of ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who no true knowledge of Him not by that. That's good. Uh, who called us by His own glory and excellence for the. For by these he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Okay.
0: These next three verses. Hannah.
1: Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness. And in your godliness, your brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love.
0: One more. Who wants to handle this last bit? Okay, Grace? For these qualities
1: are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful from the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short sighted, having forgotten his purification of his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal
0: kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied. Okay, excellent. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about that yet. We're going to walk through these questions, and then we'll discuss exactly how this works. Oops, did I skip all of that? Oh, man. Hang on. <laughs> I think I made a mistake here. One second. In my PowerPoint. Believe it or not. Make mistakes. Oh yes, I do. Let's talk through. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's terrible.
0: Let's start here. Okay. Um, let's talk about all the things God has given us. So, if you think through all the things, look at your passage of scripture right in front of you. Let's list all the things that God has given us. I'm, I'm just going to go through this like this, and we're going to talk about it like this. What are the things that God has given us? What do you see? Okay. Those. We have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Okay. Um, yeah, and this is talking about the faith of Christ, this idea of the faith. It is the truth of Jesus Christ that we have received this faith. It's the same kind. What he's doing here with this is he's saying, look, we're the same, that there, there is no distinction between, um, between the. Uh, uh, where did my blue marker go? Did it go? See, I was drawing red, and they're showing up blue. And you're messing me up. I wanted that to be red. Um, there we go. Thank you. Um, on the same kind. He's saying we have the same kind of faith. Uh, it's pointing the same direction. It's because it's 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 Christ. Is there's not some sort of superior faith that he, as an apostle, has that we don't have access to? Okay, Peter has the apostle Peter had the same exact faith that we have. Okay. Uh, what else has God given us? And this is right. Really, we well, see this word granted here. And that's what I'm going to give you again. Granted is the word gives. He has bestowed upon us. He's given it to us. What is everything
1: pertaining to Resource Okay. So we have everything.
0: Everything pertaining to what?
1: Uh, life and godliness.
0: Life and godliness. Okay. Through the true knowledge of him, he called us to his own glory and excellence. What else? We'll talk about what that means in a minute. Good. He's also granted his precious, uh, let's just, uh, they're called promises, and they are precious and they are uh, magnificent. They are treasured and they're gloriously, you know, great. So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the world, the corruptions in the world through lust. I think there are none in this next section. Nope.
1: Would you say? Um, I mean, that's all i had. Divine nature, partakers
0: of the divine. Would that be? No, I don't say that. That's a gift. I mean, it is, but. Okay. okay, we're gonna we're gonna go back now. Okay, great. Let's go to the next question. What are the benefits of living uh, by the precious promises? So, He has granted us His precious and magnificent promises. What's the benefit?
1: Gate
0: corruption. Right, so you look, whenever you see the word so that and you read your Bible, you see so that or that, um, a lot of times that's referring to, really, I done that that's referring to, um, that's don't laugh, don't laugh. So um, it's giving us a, a, a purpose uh, or a result, actually. so it's, This is a result. By them you may become partakers of the divine nature this is the positive and when it's having escaped the corruption is in the world through lust that is showing you the negative right alright so we're, and we'll talk about what that means in, in just a moment what are these character traits that Christians should be adding to their lives
1: uh, moral excellence
0: ok no. let's start let's start with faith Okay. to your faith supply moral excellence Knowledge. so we've got number two to that knowledge self-control
1: okay Perseverance. hey these are the fruit of spirit mm-hmm. almost
0: sort of godliness some of
1: our fruits
0: yeah this is different though this is di- the fruit of the spirit is a little bit different um and I think you'll understand where I'm getting, uh, and, and how it's arranged even, and how it's the, the purpose behind this. Um, what's the result when you have these things in your life, if you're developing, if you're cultivating these traits, these virtues? Okay, this is where we get our title from about building a fruitful faith. If they're yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful. Now that's a double negative. So what's he saying? Useful. You'll be useful and you'll be fruitful. He's saying if you do these things, you're going to be useful and fruitful in your spiritual walk. Um, in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the result? What happens when you when you don't have a good understanding of these things? When you don't have this cultivating you're not cultivating these things in your life what happens okay this is really key okay have you ever struggled in your life in your christian walk where you wondered am i really saved am i really like is god working in my heart because i don't feel it right now and you can't remember you can't see what god is doing if you lack these things uh such as what we've listed here if you're not developing these things if you're not cultivating them this is what's going to happen if you lack these qualities you are blind and you're short-sighted having forgotten his purification from former sins you forget what God has done in your life and, and that can have all kinds of implications you could, sometimes people throw themselves in all kinds of sin because they forget who they are in Christ or sometimes you just get depressed or you get aimless so what should you do because of that? Therefore, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will what? Not. You will n- not. You will never stumble. If you're stumbling in your Christian walk, Where, what should you do? You're probably not practicing these things, are you? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good promise right there. As long as you practice these things, one through eight, you're never going to stumble. Um.
1: you make certain
0: about his calling what he's said yeah what he's saying is that by your behavior you're demonstrating your fact that you are a believer Okay. by cultivating these things and we'll, and so now I'm going to get into I want to take this apart and kind of explain what these words mean and how they I think this will this will make it come alive okay so now we get to the part that I I call them virtues and values okay this flip your flip your page over real quick. The, these word, these character traits, I believe are divided into three different sections and this is really helpful. The first is going to be taught, and you have to fill in some length here. the groundwork for Christlike character and that is commitment. okay? So you think about it as a three pillared structure to your Christian walk. And that first thing is ground the groundwork, the, the base layer. you have to have this to go forward in your Christian walk. And the first one is saving faith, okay? Saving faith is the most essential quality, and that's why he lists it first. He says, add to your faith, in your faith, supply moral excellence. <coughs> faith is being a partaker of the divine nature through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are, when, let me, let's me review, when God created man in the garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2 and 1 and, and 1 and 2, man was perfect, no sin, no sin. No, no sickness, nothing like that. And so once we sinned, we fell, and death entered the world. When we become saved, we actually have the opportunity to part, what's called partake in the divine nature, that is, the part of Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, the part that, that God gives us, that is conquering sin. Sin is connected to death, and we don't have to suffer death and hell anymore. So we actually become, we get to taste a little bit of heaven on earth, in a sense because we get victory over sin here in this world, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Having faith means being a partaker of the divine nature through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because Jesus' righteousness is applied to us once you trust him as your Savior. don't have to work work your way to heaven, you don't have to do anything, it's given to you as a gift. The Bible calls salvation a gift. The second part of this groundwork is excellence, a moral excellence, and that's cultivating a God-mandated purpose to develop and display the excellencies of Christ. So this is that next step is that your idea is you're trying to display Christ's excellence in your life. And the last one is knowledge, and that is cultivating a God-taught understanding of the person and working work in the ways of Jesus. This is all about knowing who Jesus is. If, I'm, if, you're, if you're reading a story and you see a story about Jesus healing the blind man, you're like, I've never heard that story before, well, then you need to develop your knowledge of who Jesus is because how, how will you know God unless you know him through Christ? And then all of these things, what these do is if you boil down faith, excellence, and knowledge, what it ends up doing is producing, if you, if you captivate these, if you're working on these, it produces a wholehearted disciple who chooses the appeals and ideals of whom? Of Christ and rejects the appeals and ideals of the world. So this is the first thing, to build that groundwork, that the, the excellence of Christ, the faith, having faith in Christ, and having a knowledge of Christ will help you see Christ as primary and help you reject the falsehoods of the world. So that's that's what he, I think he's talking about in that in those first three verses. If We go back to him here, our first three character traits, your faith, moral excellence and knowledge. Those are all three connected and talking about the groundwork of your faith.
1: What's your definition of moral excellence?
0: Okay, that is um, moral excellence has to do this is a very unique word and it has to do with this idea of Something that accomplishes what it's designed to do.
1: So not morality, but evil it's different. Would you compare, it like, to integrity? Like, if people talk
0: about integrity, integrity. In building, sort of. I would say it's more along the lines of purposeful or, um. So, for example, if you have a, if you have a spoon. Okay, spoon is really useful for eating, you know, but. To use that spoon to try to dig up your garden, you're going to be frustrated because that spoon was not designed to dig up the garden. Um, The spoon was designed to eat. You used to eat, not to eat, but to use and eat it.
1: So, a a,
0: well, let me let me finish my analogy. So, the moral excellent spoon is a spoon that is designed to accomplish what it accomplishes well. So it it is. It is well thought. A moral. They would use this word, excellence. The word is. um, We get our word. Some of our word art from it. It's arte. In case you're interested in Greek, arte, and it has this idea of of that which is artistic or is. I'm trying to describe. It has the end in mind. So whatever that purpose is. It's not a it could be a beautiful let's use the knife. Let's use a knife illustration. If you have a knife and you say this is a beautiful knife, yes, it's really pretty to look at, but if it doesn't cut well, it's not an Rete knife. Okay, it doesn't accomplish what it's meant to accomplish. If you have a really nice looking car but doesn't have an engine, it's not what the Greeks would call an Rete vehicle. Because what good is it? I mean, you can sit there and look nice, but it can't get you from point A to point B. So it's the function, and it's the end, and it's the purpose for something that drives that. And so that's why we should develop the character of Jesus Christ and display that, because that's the purpose for which God has made us, to give glory to God. Yeah?
1: And the calling is talking about is just a general calling as a Christian, not a specific calling.
0: To- like as in like a job? Like a calling yeah. isn't a job? Right, he's talking about your calling as to a, to become a believer.
1: Actually, so like the Great Commission thing. Yeah,
0: like a calling. the, the verse here, call, you're calling an election, sure. You're calling and choosing of you. Is talking about his calling you out as a to be a Christian. Yeah, it's not talking about whether you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Okay, so if that is our groundwork, next we have the backbone. So that's that's what establishes you as a Christian. That's what that's what gives you that basic um, backbone. I mean the basic groundwork the next would be this backbone for Christ-like character and that would develop courage if you're going to be a Christian and have courage for Christ you've got to develop these next three characteristics these character traits and this is step by step walking with God step by step okay and uh, self-control is the first one mastery of my internal desires that is hard but you will not have courage to do what's right for Christ if you are self if you don't have any self-control because if you have no morality, you have no courage. Okay, that is just, that's just the fact of life. Uh, people who are weak and have no courage in life, it's because, a lot of times because of lack of, uh, we were talking about integrity, a lack of personal integrity. They know they're weak, and they know that they're, they've, they've failed so many times, so they lack the courage to step out, because they don't know if God will be with them. Um, endurance. Faithfulness under, extreme, under external pressure. So internal, external. See the difference here. Self-control is internal pressure to do wrong, and you can subdue that. We've talked about this before. This idea of the heart, um, or the the heart, or the the uh, the belief, the mind, and uh, the uh, uh, desire. Or actually, these are flipped. I'm sorry. Okay. We talked about this in a previous. Um, oh,
1: okay, I tried it didn't work. Yeah, it's,
0: it's it's we got perfect. it.
1: Okay. I even told.
0: Okay, so under belief, we've talked about the uh, the mind, the mind and the belief, the heart and the desire. Really, these two are. It's hard to distinguish between those. And also the um, the will, the heart. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I forget. it. Forget it. We'll talk about it later. I didn't. <laughs> I can't remember where I was going with that. So I got distracted. The idea being we've got to have self control over our internal desires because if our desires lead our lives, we'll go, we'll go all over the place. Because our desires are, have no direction without our, our, uh, the Holy Spirit of God uh, being, uh, informing our mind and informing our heart and our will. Okay, endurance is when outside pressure tells us to do things, we can say no. Okay, so self control, endurance, and the last one is godliness. Devotion to Jesus Christ that promotes righteousness and opposes evil. Okay, if you've got these three, you're developing courage. So that's why we say these traits produce a brave-hearted disciple. Don't we want to do that? Who advances Christ on his ways and opposes evil to him, in himself and others regardless of the risk. So see, the, you have evil in your own heart. We all do. We've got to learn. You've got to reject this Disney idea that you just follow your heart wherever it takes you. That is the worst advice anyone could give you. Okay, you follow Christ, and your heart is deceitful and wicked. And uh, so, whether it's coming the opposition is coming from without or within, you've got to oppose evil wherever it is. And that'll give you some courage and backbone. So we've got the groundwork. We've got the backbone, and lastly, we've got the trademark uh, of the Christian faith which is compassion like Christ, the way it looks. How does Christianity look? How should it appear to other people? First of all, brotherly kindness. This is cultivating God-engendered affection for and service to those in the household of faith. That's loving other believers. And sometimes believers are harder to love than the unsaved people in the world. Because you, it's like family. you got to live with them. Like, isn't it hard to love your brother and sister at home sometimes? Like They just get on your nerves.
1: You
0: know? Oh, you're an only child. (laughs) We just take our word for it. it (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And love is cultivating a God-imitating mindset that scripturally and sacrificially meets the spiritual needs of others. Um, This is important because we're not going to spend a ton of time here, but love is the culmination of this whole list. And love is not this emotional being in love love is actually, if you follow what the Bible says about love, it's the opposite of of what the world often says tell me what the world says, what is love according to it's a
1: feeling love Uh,
0: love is a feeling let's do this let's say love um, let's just do world and Bible, how about that so you say it's a feeling what does the Bible say it's an act. How about this? A choice. There you Because does Jesus command you to love? Yeah. Can you command feelings? No. Grace, be scared. Be afraid. And she's like smiling. No, but if you're in your home, if you go in your home at night, you turn the key, you walk in, it's very quiet. And all the lights are out. And you're like, hello? And you take like three steps in and you hear a little creak. And then all of a sudden, you, you're like, what's going on? And you look to your left, you can't see anything, and you start to go up the stairs, There's and somebody Maddie. grabs your ankle, and it's Maddie hiding. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, yeah, you're going to be scared whether you want to or not, you're going to jump, you can't, you can't command feelings, How you, Mom? feelings are responses, right? And so the world tells you love is a feeling, uh, where actually true love, biblical love is a choice. Now, lust can be a feeling. It can be something that is uh, incited. Someone can incite that in you. And and yes, ma'am, you're going to say something. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. That's the danger of being so close. What else does the Bible? What else does the world say about love? out of it. Yeah, it's uh, you're fickle. You should grow. How
1: Is it L-E or E-L? It's L-E. I was wondering if you were going to stop there, and I'm like, that's (laughs) not how you can spell it at work.
0: (laughs) Okay. Pickle versus... What does the Bible say about love? Yeah, committed steadfast. I'm going to use strong. Steadfast. (laughs) It's a word nobody used. Um, This idea of it being a... In fact, if you look at, if, if who is it May read an ESV Bible. You read an ESV Bible. The word, the the English uh, translation of the of the Old Testament word for God's love for us or covenant love, which is hesed, is steadfast love. That's how they do it. It's this idea of a promise. So the Bible talks about love being a promise. Do you know
1: the origin
0: of steadfast? No, not the English origin. Okay, the English origin. Is- Teach us.
1: Someone who is steadfast stands in the middle of it, even though it's a war and it's a battle going on, and they never move.
0: That would make sense. Yes, ma'am. Um, speaking
1: of feelings, sometimes um, we know mentally we know to do the Bible, do the right thing, mm-hmm. it's a choice. When you do the right thing, the right feelings will follow.
0: Yeah. So rather than doing. Rather than, we talked about this when we talked about um, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This idea that people say, Well, I want to feel peace about something before acting, where God's word says, Act and then you'll feel peace. Okay, do the right thing, because when you're confronting someone or you're doing something that's right and it's hard, leaving that uh, bad relationship or whatever it might be, I don't know, whatever your situation is, and you're like, This is going to be very difficult. You don't feel good about it at all. But guess what? You'll feel good after the fact when you do what's right, um, and so don't follow your feelings. Uh, I did this. Uh, I think this is where I was trying to go earlier. This idea of um, what your your heart and your will and your and, and your emotions do, and I believe your your mind should inform your emotions or your will, which then. Um, uh, and your emotions give. So the mind gives direction where the will or the emotions give the fuel for your behavior. So, you know what I'm saying? So you need to tell yourself what to do rather than just listen to your heart. Isn't that a song, Listen to listen Your Heart?
1: Listen
0: to Your Heart. Okay. And I wrote all over this, so we're going to erase some of this. <laughs> listen
1: to Your Heart. Um, oh. You I've been digested, in way you, uh... you have indigestion from something you eat and then you're feeling jangled. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's true. People people do that. People would say, "Hey, I think I've got I think that God wants me to, think God wants me to move careers. I think I need to be doing something else because I couldn't sleep last night and I had this, you know, I think the Holy Spirit's telling me something." No, well, what yeah. what did you eat? What did you eat? I had a dream. I had a dream that I was speaking in front of a thousand people. I know God wants me What did you eat? Well, I had pepperoni pizza. Maybe it was the pizza. Um these traits produce a tender-hearted disciple who seeks the lost <laughs> and who, by example and effort, disciplines others to live a Christ-centered life. So then here's the chart. Um, you can see how these virtues, they're basically categorized under loving God with my whole heart and loving my neighbor. So if you love God with your whole heart, you have um, faith, pursuing excellence of Christ likeness, knowledge, and commitment to Christ. Oh, I'm sorry, and knowledge. Then you have self-control, endurance, and godliness. brotherly kindness, and love go under loving neighbor as yourself. This is the groundwork, the backbone, and the trademark of Christian Christian character. And if you boil down this, you'll end up with someone who's committed to Christ, but they have faith, they're pursuing excellence, and they know they know Christ, you will be committed. If you are have self-control, you're pursuing endurance and godliness, you have courage. And... If you're showing brotherly kindness and love, you have compassion on Christ. And this is what, step by step, you can grow in your, in your walk with Christ. Remember what happens when you say, um, uh, remember what we said, let's go back here to this verse. What happens when you do this? If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will be a useless, I mean, you will be a useful Christian. I tell you, my, my tongue's getting tied up today. You will not be a useless Christian.
1: You will be useless. Are you I'm not. Yeah? Um, this kind of goes with what guys teaching me recently, and that's like being patient with other people. Right? And realizing that, um, like, demanding perfection from them. It's, um, this is just reminding me of like, everyone's at a different spot in their walk. Right. And as long as, like, they're growing, God's going to use them. And I don't, like, it's not even my place in the first place to judge them. But, like, you're stepping, back, yeah, stepping back and be, like, they are useful to Christ.
0: So, let me ask you this. Do you have to perfect faith before you move on to this? Before you move on to this? Or, or if you're, you have to perfect all, is it like, they go in order, so you can't work on love until you finish your self-control?
1: Mm-hmm. Different parts that I know, like I have, and then some of it is like, oh I need to work on that." Yeah. But it's like, I know I'm still useful
0: Absolutely, and I think what's going on is that God is using. He kind of is developing commitment to Him through these three things. So, so think about think about your life right now. Okay, just just think about your life and say, okay, do I struggle with being committed to Jesus? Do I struggle with being courageous for Jesus, or do I struggle with showing compassion like Jesus? Which one of these is, is least like me? Like some people, they're like they love people to death. They just love, they love people, and, and no matter what happens, they're gonna love on you. I mean, you know, people like that at church. They just, I mean, you could you could do something terrible, and they'd still all oh, you know we love you. And you're like, I and I preach a terrible sermon. They're like, oh, we just love you, and you know, I'm like that was an awful sermon. How could you, you know? But they love on you. It doesn't matter to yeah. say at least you're pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever. I don't say that to me ever. But the idea is, or maybe maybe you're like, maybe you feel like like your commitment to Jesus is on the low level. Like. Or or maybe you're really committed, you're just not very courageous. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes. Also, what you're saying is kind of time with what Grace was saying too. That when you're Praying for people
0: and encouraging people. Got to run. understand. Have a great night. Bye. Oh, go ahead. Just leave. Just leave. Get out of here. <laughs> you
1: said he was useless, <laughs> That's
0: what it was. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Go ahead, Christine. Um, kind of ties
0: with what Grace was saying. You know,
1: I find that um, over and over, the Lord, when I'm, like, I'm discipling my friend, my Chinese yeah. friend. We are at Belize and we're just doing this video and decided to go the truth from it. And I find it's like the Holy Spirit just enlightened me. I know you know this, Christine, but I'm going to show you something by you teaching it to me. Right, her. yeah. And I find that, and your dad said it recently, which I really love, that God has really used <coughs> that When he said when God is working in other people's life, we need to just pray for them. It is not our job to take that burden. They need to go through that. Yeah. We need to just be gracious and show that grace to them and the Lord sometimes uses those situations, it's helped me to step back and just really pray for people because I'm a problem solver, I want to fix everybody's problem but that's not my job so,
0: it's... so why don't we um, look at this real quick um, as we finish out, what does a believer really need to grow and change you need a five step program you need the Holy Spirit and he's already... Basically, I'm going back to this first year, and I wish I had put it in a better order here. But um, his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Life is salvation. Godliness is growing and changing. God has given you everything you need to be a Christian you ought to be. Everything. You don't need the newest book that came out. You don't even... You need what he has given you. And what has he given you? He's given you friends and people, his word, and He's given you Holy Spirit, so community of faith, church, Word of God, Holy Spirit to teach you. That's what you need. Um, keep going here. The second, uh, what's the danger of not developing these virtues or values? You you will you will act in a way that that's like I, I don't even know if I'm saved anymore. And you are if you truly trust in Christ, but your behavior doesn't reflect that, and it. It's really, it's really impactful that people can actually get to the point where they have forgotten having, they've been short-sighted, they forgot about their purification from former sins, they've totally forgotten, in a sense. It doesn't feel real to them. But they have been. So we, we can, all all of us, if we're not careful, can mean that. So let's think about these quick application questions. Um, am I fruitful as a Christian? If not, why not? Um, does verse 9 describe the way I act? Am I blind and short-sighted, having forgotten about my redemption in Christ? And then, do I lack in having the groundwork for faith, the courage for faith, or compassion like Christ? These are things we can ask ourselves, um, and this is just stuff we've basically already covered. If so, which of the character traits might I need to spend more time developing? And through Christ's power, you can um, see real success in this and, and, and really see yourself grow. It's just a step. I love this, gra- this little chart here. I like charts. I saw that I see this as a you know, God is working in all these areas at once and you don't have to perfect one to go to the next. Just just keep on working and see Christ work in you and know where the end point is. The end point is you will end up being a kind of person that Christ can really use. And you can be right now. You can be the kind of person that Christ can really use. Different and people have different strengths when it comes to this. Yes, that's true. We have natural strengths, but the question is, does that mean that we shouldn't work on all of them?
1: I'm just saying like like I, I'm a, it makes sense that you don't do it in Because some people will be great at this one, but they're going to suck at that one.
0: But what I want to point out is that, and this is really, thank you for bringing that up, because this is a really good point, is that some people with personality tests and things, Mm -hmm. they'll use that as an excuse for saying, well, I'm just a loving person. I don't do endurance. That's just not me. Well, guess what God calls you to be? Enduring person. I feel
1: like it takes endurance to love something. Yes. (laughs)
0: All right, I'm not a person that has self-control. I just do whatever I want. Well, what does God call you to be? A person. If you're going to have Christ-like character, you've got to what? Have uh, self-control. You can't use your personality or your background or, like, who you are, air quotes, to be excuse for what you don't want to do. Okay. Air quotes. <laughs> any, uh, any other comments or, or thoughts on this? I, this, to me, if you can kind of meditate on this. I know we went through this really fast. But think through some of these things if you get a chance. Uh, If you have some time this week to spend with God, I would read this passage. Yeah, it is a book, and I have boiled down a a lot of this. But I want you to think about it. Because God can use you in great ways. I know he can, especially at your age. It's awesome.
1: Am I age too?
0: (laughs) At any age. God used Abraham, and he was 90 to 100. There you go.
1: (laughs) All right.
0: Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for so much, so much for the work uh, that uh, you've given us uh, in your Word. How we can look at it and see uh, so much to, um, so much in our hearts that needs to change, and so many of our weaknesses, but yet so much hope. So I pray, you give us your grace as we move forward. Help us to identify which areas we need to be working on and be. Uh, faithful in. And thank you so much for everybody who was able to come out tonight, the good discussion, and also for um, just the power of your word to change hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful night.